Hey, I'm Sam Seitels, and that must mean you're listening to the Pillars of Hamilton. Just a reminder, tomorrow, two episodes drop. I spoke to both the GOP and Hamilton first, two separate interviews, the same questions, two very cool groups of people. I really enjoyed it, and I hope you do too, and I hope you learn a thing or two from it. I was informed, and I can't wait till you are as well. But in the meantime, just relax. We're about to have a good old time with my friend, Michael Rizat. He's a guy who's actually provided me your host with tons of entertainment. That's because he is an author. That's right. We have an awesome author here in Hamilton, New Jersey. He's written several novels that we talk about on this podcast, and he drops a bomb. Well, I'll just tell you now, the book, his new book is out. Get it, people. I put the link there for you guys, and um, we talk about some of the really tough events that he experienced in his life that helped influence him in these stories that he wrote. We even talk about why I think he's a pillar, because he doesn't think so. Michael Rizat, not only are you pillar, you're my brother. This was fun. Guys, don't forget, tune in tomorrow. But for now, enjoy my friend, Mr. Michael Rizat. I have a dude here who, who thought that the pillars was cool. Before it was cool to think the Pillars was cool. And I appreciate that. Absolutely. Not only that, but I mean, we got the Stephen King of Hamilton over here. <laughs> yeah. It's good to have you, Mr. Michael Rizad. Thank you, Mr. Sam. Thank you. Uh, I, I think you and I have this like trade going on. Like We have both provided each other with hours of entertainment. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Right? I guess so, yeah. It's a pretty cool trade-off. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It just came to me right now, like in this moment. I was thinking like, what? I've gotten a lot of entertainment from this guy over the years. Uh, I've read your first book all the way to the last. Well, I think I missed like one in between. Maybe the third one. Maybe. I, I didn't even realize there was a third one. Yeah, uh, Did you not promote that one as much? Not or? as much. No, not as much as the first two. I think it's so cool, man. That Not only that we... Okay, I, I took you know creative writing classes in college, um, so I had to read a lot of people's stuff. Gotcha. Um, good and bad. <laughs> Uh, I just think it's so cool that we have an author here in Hamilton who can actually write a full what they're, it's called a novella, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, they're more like novellas. Um, novella is what yeah. it's, how it's pronounced. I, I think so. Which is, a, <laughs> I mean, you write them, dude. <laughs> yeah. um, I, but like, okay, so was the original plan to write a, a novella, or did this come out of nowhere? Uh, no, I, I think I just kind of settled into the novella format, uh, somehow. So, um, when I did the Twitter novel, um, I, I think somewhere about midway through that, I, I thought, okay, this could be a book. Okay. But I didn't think novella, I didn't think novel. I just said, I'm going to take, when I'm done this whole year long Twitter thing, I'm going to take that as the outline well let's detail that because that's a crazy story <laughs> yeah. dude um so this all started with a tweet uh yeah so this started on new year's day 2016 um i was at my mother-in-law's house uh with my wife and my sister-in-law just kind of sitting chilling uh just talking and on my phone like we all you know do um and 
I see a meme that says, you've probably seen it's a corny meme that says, make today day one of a 365-day story. I think I've seen that Yeah, it always before. comes out on January, on January 1st. They oh, does it the really? Yeah, so, you oh, know. so it's like one of those inspirational you memes. You took it to heart, though. Yeah, I, I, said, I started saying to my wife, my sister-in-law, I said, what if I actually did that? And at first, when I thought about it, I, I thought like a picture a day or something like this. Um, but then it dawned on me that, okay, I've tried to write so many different things throughout my life. You uh, have. I have, yeah. I tried to write. You, like, uh, tried and just stopped? Yeah, I, I got, like, let's say five, six chapters into this, didn't like it, scrapped it. Um, five, six chapters? <laughs> yeah. I'll never forget the one book I tried to write, two chapters. <laughs> yeah, and then you read it back, and you're like, what is this? So rip it up, discard it. Yeah. Um, so I uh, lately... Um, leading up to this, it was always I would write and then I would be on my phone and then I would wouldn't write the rest of the night. So I it start I started to think, okay, what if I did something where I picked up my phone and the first thing I did in my phone was make a story, make chapter one of a three hundred sixty five chapter story. And I said, so at first when I first initially thought of it, I said maybe I'll do a paragraph or two on Facebook each day but then i said well, let me challenge myself maybe i'll do it one tweet a day and see what happens and that limits you right that yeah. limits you to what is it 100 uh, it, when i did this it was 45 characters oh, 45 I, I, characters i think so that's a short chapter yeah <laughs> <laughs> so um i actually already had the story um i wrote sort of same story when um, I lived out in California, as you know, and the protagonist in Jersey Jabberwock mm -hmm. starts out in California. I actually lived in California for about a year. And while I was out there, I wrote a screenplay, um, Jersey Devil, uh, Coming of Age, New Jersey. It had all the same sort of elements in it. Uh, what it didn't have was the father passing away. So I knew I wanted it to be um jersey devil um a man losing his father but i didn't know what else really when i started so you mean basically one. <laughs> i mean because in this uh book it's the search of the for the jersey devil yeah but there's i mean obviously so much more <laughs> yeah i mean I, I i find a theme with what i've read from you so far where it's you have these characters who are almost painfully relatable in the sense that like uh even myself, who's typically very optimistic, like it's just the way I was born, like usually happy 99% yeah. of the time. But, you know, I do have those days, of course, where you just feel depression. Or when I was a teenager, I was depressed all the time. Like, yeah. you know, it was teenager stuff. And so I can go back to that. And so when I read your characters, uh, a lot of times their sadness, as funny as they are, there's such a deep sadness to them. Yeah. And and that really drives a story. Yeah, um, I'm a happy guy too. Uh, so <laughs> good. good yeah. I've had dark moments, of course, in the last few years, um, dealing with loss and everything. But um, my protagonist, I try to make them relatable in a sense that you know they're real. And they could be funny one line and the next line be um, sort of you know, dragging themselves down and They're then definitely... feeling good. <laughs> you know, I try to make it that where just me and you sitting here talking to each other. That's how I try to write, like as if the, the, the main character was just talking to you, telling a story. Um, if he remembers something that made him sad, oh, it's going to translate into the into the story or if you know, he's cracking a joke. Um, but uh, my protagonist um, in 
all, I guess, three of my books now. Um, Michael and Jersey Jabberwock and Mr. Leeds, uh, Jack in a Bad Mood, and now my new one, um, Daniel. They're all sort of a combination of me, my father, and my brother. So a lot of people that read them think it's just straight up me. But uh, I was actually wondering. Yeah, I want to talk more about that in a little bit. I want to finish okay. first the talk about tweet because yeah. I know we're going to dive deep into the yeah. characters. Um, but the tweet. So you're yeah. tweeting. So yeah, um, I'm tweeting the story, kind of making it up as I go along. Like I said, it's just it started out as a guy moving home from California, dealing with the loss of his father. I knew that was going to be in there and had something to do with the Jersey Devil, but I didn't know how it was going to get to what. Or what <laughs> I, so I, I was actually writing it every day I woke up. And something my, new. Something new, yeah. That's yeah. insane. Yeah, and um, yeah, so that's how Well, that. <laughs> let's talk about the following because it something happened, right? Like people yeah. start reading. Yeah, so um, I, I, when I started out, I thought it was going to be a lot like uh, my uh, – venture into rap music where i would have 15 20 people that were really into it and that's it which is fine with me because i do it more as an outlet and you know i would do it if nobody was checking it out so i kind of thought this is how my twitter novel would be i'd have 20 followers 25 if i was lucky but um my sister-in-law claire who works at the press of atlantic city um I don't know if she might mention something to her friend or her friend I happened to follow on Twitter because she was following Claire. I don't know how it happened, but she reached out to me. Uh, I forget her name. I think it was Sarah or something or other. Um, but she reached out, and she wanted to cover uh, my Twitter novel. Gotcha. So gotcha. that's how the connection on Twitter happened. I think I followed her. You know, I okay. saw press, and I said, oh, let me follow her, see if. Yeah, get um, the hookup. Yeah, so she. Well, you got the hookup. <laughs> yeah, so she, she uh, uh, did the story, and then I'm telling telling you, overnight I went from 20 followers to over 1,000. No Yeah, way. And, and that was late in January, and then I was like, oh, no. <laughs> now, <laughs> now, now people. Oh, people, no. Yeah, people are checking this out. I got to keep doing it. I got to make it oh, good. Oh, you got to make it good, yeah. too. <laughs> yeah. So, Whoa. Were yeah. people commenting on it? Yes, or? people started to reach out to me on, on Twitter saying, this is great, this is awesome. Um, some people on, from town started to reach out and say, oh, is this supposed to be this character? And then, So it started to <laughs> yeah, gain some attention. <laughs> so um, yeah. that kind of drove me uh, through until... Um, it must have been on your mind, like, big time. Yeah, well, I, yeah. once that, that story came out, it... Um, yeah, it changed everything. Uh, yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, and I love that you write for the love of doing it, yeah. just like you did with rap. I mean, I do not like my music or my or my books, <laughs> cookie cutter. Like, when I read your books, they are not cookie cutter. Oh, thank you. They're, they're, uh, the story uh, progression is great. The character development is great. Um, and the, for me, the endings have been very satisfying, but there's definitely moments in the book where I'm just like, whoa, you know, that's, you know, someone might get offended by that. Cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Or? Yeah. I, I think the grittiness part of it uh, comes from just uh, my love of Stephen King. I mean, he's. Oh, my, you're a Stephen King fan. Yeah. I'm a Stephen King fanatic. Yeah. He's, he's probably my biggest inspiration in the literary world. What's your favorite book? Uh, by him or. Um, by him. By, by him. him. Have I you would, read his son's stuff? Uh, Joe Hill. Joe Hill. I I'm read, actually reading some of his stuff now. I read Nosferatu. Mm, yes. I read that. That was awesome. Awesome book. <laughs> yeah. That was so good. I also read the graphic novel based on it. Uh, 
I'll get back to you on yeah. that. Who's good, man? Who's <laughs> yeah, really he, he's good. good. He's definitely good. Not not his father, but he's definitely different. He yeah. has a different voice. Well, he changed voice. his like, name, too, because yeah. everyone's going to compare him. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah, that, that, was, that was brave of him. That's um, a tough one. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, as far as Stephen King, I mean, uh, my first book I ever read uh, outside of like stuff for school, like The Outsiders and stuff, they, Lord, of, uh, Lord, Lord of the Flies. Lord of the Flies was Stephen King? No, I'm saying outside oh, of those okay, that okay. they make you read in school, yeah. the first book I ever found and read and enjoyed was in my parents' uh, book cabinet with Cujo. Oh. And I read it when I was like 10, maybe. <sighs> and I just loved it. It scared me, you know, uh, and I just fell in love with it. And then, funny story, um, my mother used to bring my brother and I uh, on these road trips with her friend and her friend's two sons. And this was back in the late 80s. Um, and we used to pile up in a minivan and we would go to like weird Nintendo conventions up in Maine and we would find the weirdest stuff to do. But on the ride there, me and my brother, these two other guys and them, uh, using the road maps and everything, we had, didn't have much to do outside of maybe Game Boy, but, uh, she would, she had these Stephen King audio tapes (laughs) that she would put in. And like, I always remember hearing like the mist and Salem's lot on these audio tapes driving through like Maine, you know, late at night, probably getting lost looking for the hotel. And these things had such an effect on me hearing Stephen King's. Why didn't sto- we do that in pro wrestling? <laughs> Why did we always just listen to the same 10 songs over and over again on these like eight hour drives? Yeah. We should have been listening to King. Yeah. I, I, I didn't realize at the time it had so much of an effect on me, but it mm, really did. Yeah. You know? So, um, you know what's the most scary about Stephen King's books? The size. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he does. Yeah, I've read one of his books, and it took me twenty eight years. Yeah, no. he, yeah, like the stand is. No, like I read ridiculous. it. Ridiculous. Oh, it, it took me. Well, I mean, I have kids and stuff. It took me a full year to yeah, read it. And uh, phew, yeah, good book. Yeah, great. Once you get through it, <laughs> once you get through it, I definitely feel like it could have been chopped in half, yeah. maybe. But yeah, still awesome book, man. There's, I, I think I sort of learned uh, from that. Like, I'm I'm a guy who loves to read, loves to get entrenched into stories. But a lot of times with Stephen King, even my who's my favorite author, I feel myself sort of checking out at times. So yeah. I sort of, not that I do it on purpose, but that's. You know, I sort of keep that in mind when I'm writing. I think my goal after Jersey Jabberwock came out as a novella, I didn't make it a – I shouldn't say goal. I didn't make it a goal, but I knew my comfort zone was right around that length. And the sequel, Mr. Leeds, was a little longer. A Bad Moon was a little bit longer, and now this one. So I think I've definitely found my comfort zone well, in novellas. I think it reaches a good audience. Well, not a good audience. An audience who uh, is like me, who's very busy but loves to read. Yeah. I mean, I got four kids, so when I get to read, there's no Stephen King novels anymore, man. <laughs> not yeah. for another 18 years. Yep. I'm able to. It's really cool. I, I messaged you afterwards that basically, I think I read like ha- the second half of your book on like a Saturday morning. Yeah. Uh, my kids are out at the playground and for two and a half hours, I'm a slow reader, two and a half, three hours, I was sitting down reading the second half of this book. And the, you know the feeling when you finish a book. Yeah. It's like, I really <laughs> felt like, wow, I just really enjoyed that story. That was a fantastic way to spend my morning, be able to hear my kids play out there and read this and... um it's a moving book. I'm talking about Jersey Jabberwock, the original uh, book that you wrote. Uh, 
and I, that's I, I definitely felt like the ending I'm not going to give anything away but endings are so hard to write and all of your endings are surprisingly very satisfying which I appreciate because I hate wonderful books <laughs> that at the end you're just like you game of throne me how dare you <laughs> <laughs> so if I could if I could talk about that ending at Jersey Jabberwock I didn't have an ending um, and uh, that came out of something that happened um, in April of 2016 when I was about four months into Jersey Jabberwock. Uh, of course, you know, I was writing from a place of loss for that story. Um, and then in April, I dealt with more loss and lost my brother. Um, so that ending of Jersey Jabberwock when Michael meets the little boy, Yes, in the museum, in the museum yeah. his name's David. Uh, that's my brother. Um, you know, that little boy is based after my brother when he was a little boy, you know. And for some reason, um, it just came to me one day. I, you know, that. I, so the it, boy comes up. I don't want to give anything away. It's all right. I hope everybody has read Jersey Jabberwock by now, so we, we could. It's all right if we got some spoilers. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah. If you haven't yet, what are you doing, people? Read Jersey Jabberwock. Yeah. Um, the boy's asking, like, if it's real, right? Yeah, yeah. He's asking if it's he. He's dragging his mom through the museum, and he's at the reptiles of the pines exhibit, which my brother loved reptiles when he was a kid. And um, you know, um, Michael sort of tells him it's, or the mother tells him, his mother tells him that it's all make believe, like Star Wars. And you know, Michael has to agree with the mother at that point. But then, yeah, w- right. w- winks at the little boy as if to say, "Yeah, listen to your mom." Wink, wink. But uh, and it's so cool that he's interacting because this this character who, before you probably wouldn't want to be around a kid, yeah, <laughs> is now <laughs> is now you know like, hey, kid, yeah. it's cool, <laughs> kind of. Yeah. So before we uh, dive into um, the people, the characters, and how they relate to uh, some people you've lost. Yeah. Um, I, I, I definitely, I was researching you. I was researching your books, even though I read them. <laughs> Can I just go over uh, a couple of these reviews on Amazon.com? Sure. <laughs> <clears throat> Let's see here. I'm not going to go over all of them. They're yeah. all uh, rated the same, but here we go. I loved it. I received this as a gift. Wait, that was my review. <laughs> <laughs> I can't right. start with my own review. <laughs> Hold on. Here we go. That was a really good review I wrote, by the way. It Five was. stars. Here we go. Has it all. This novel is a great has a great plot and terrific characters. If you like suspense, romance, unusual plot <laughs> twists, and legends, you will love Jersey Jabberwock. Rizat has a way with words and leaves you wishing for more. Five stars, baby. Wow. <laughs> That's awesome. Was, I don't know who wrote that, but thank you. <laughs> that was written by... Um, an Amazon customer. Wow, awesome. <laughs> Obviously someone who knows good literature. Yeah. <laughs> um, here's one more by someone. Oh, rest in peace, CG's man's bun. <laughs> All right. Don't Rip. know. <laughs> he, he wrote, he writes, great debut. Got this book from a friend and I'm happy I took the time to check out this first piece from a local author. Oh, it's a Hamilton person. Well-rounded main characters, great storytelling, wonderful attention to detail, and a great place. An awesome quick read for a day at the beach or rainy afternoon. Five friggin' stars, baby. (laughs) You know what? This is the kind of stuff that makes me keep going because I, honestly, if I could be honest right now, I don't 
Don't lie to me. <laughs> don't lie to me. I don't, I don't love my writing. I don't think I'm um, enlightening anyone or changing or blowing anyone's minds, but um, I love it when people tell me how much they enjoyed the story. And I got to shout out to Miss Lisa because it was happening to me all over again with book number four. I was at the point where I read it back and I was like, oh, I just something ain't clicking with me. I don't like it. Um, and then Miss Lisa reached out to me uh, with a direct message and said how much she liked it. And, you know, I was like, oh, all right, well, here we go. I'm putting it out there, you know, because I think I overthink it too much. You know, um, I'm, my, I'm my biggest critic. Um, so when I hear stuff like that, yeah, it's, what it's good. It's why your stories, keep going. <laughs> yeah, it's why your stories are so good, man. When you lose that, that your stories are going to go downhill. Yeah. So keep, uh, keep, keep up with and that. Another author, not to cut you off, but, no, no. um, another author told me once, uh, never fall in love with your own words. <laughs> so I think it was pretty good advice. What do you think that means? Um, Never get complacent, I guess, as a writer. Never read mm. it and go, oh, I'm, this is great. This is damn good stuff. Yeah, and then you start creating the same stuff over yeah. and over again, yeah. for sure. Yeah. I think that's the same with a lot of arts. I fell into that trap in wrestling a little bit where I would start doing the same moves because I knew that the crowd would cheer for them. And you yeah. know, it, it was just easy for me to do at the time. And I would see my friends kind of like surpass me in their repertoire. So it's good. It, you have a good mindset for this, my man. Can I just tell you something? Yeah. I found you on on YouTube. I hope I'm not blowing up your spot. Oh no! <laughs> you, <laughs> I found you on there, and you're the real deal, dude. You were fighting two guys at once, <laughs> hitting in Zaguri's. Um, just uh, you're uh, you awesome, the, you dude. Know the, you know the names of my moves. Yeah, huh? yeah. It was it was awesome, dude. So I want to give you props. on Thanks, that man. <laughs> you're a true wrestling fan, so I appreciate that. Yeah. yeah, it was. Hey, everything in my life comes from pro wrestling, from owning a school to doing this podcast. I learned a lot from it. Uh, yeah. Thanks, dude. I really <laughs> yeah. appreciate yeah, that, yeah. man. Um, so let's talk about uh, the characters, because honestly. You know, I've read your books, and so, like, I've been fully engulfed in them, and I have, uh, you know, felt emotions about them. Gosh, man. There were certain points, especially with this last one, um, when he when he read the letter, mm-hmm. that part specifically, when he read the letter um, from his brother who had passed. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't even know where to start with this, to be honest with you, dude. Uh, and I've always wanted to ask because I read the books and I've always been curious. So uh, here's my opportunity. And uh, if you're whatever you're willing to talk about, man, I'd really appreciate it. Yeah. So um, I lost my brother, uh, 2016. Um, he was my older brother, Dave. Um, he, uh, that letter uh, in the story was kind of a, a combination of all kinds of letters he has, he had written me throughout his life because he, he had some demons and some struggles, my brother. And, um, you know, uh, at times where he, I couldn't see him, quite literally, he would write me letters, um, you know, whether it was from prison or, or rehab. Um, so that letter, you know, was, was a combination of some of the stuff he actually said to me uh, in some of his own letters. Um, and the, the brother dynamic in that story with the older uh, and younger brothers, they're not, one isn't me and one isn't Dave. Uh, I don't want to give away too much, but they're sort of parts of each of us. It's, it's more of a, it's more of a, um, a commentary on our relationship more than just he's me and that's Dave kind of a thing. Was so, that what, okay, so we're talking about your newest book. Yeah. Um, 
Can you remind? I read the whole book. Remind <laughs> me of the title because it's a big one. The wonderful, uh, the incredible night of noise and wonder. <laughs> incredible night <laughs> yeah. of noise and wonder. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we're talking about that. There was a letter in that book from yeah. the brother who was deceased uh, to his younger brother. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um. So. Uh, yeah, I don't know how much to get into since it hasn't well, come out yet. So, <laughs> but so. it was it, I, I wrote it um, as an homage to to my brother and um, uh, some of the references in there, some of the conversations uh, are directly from my relationship with him. So um, as far as the other stuff in there, that was sort of more from my imagination, as was Jersey Jabberwock. You know, uh, with Jersey Jabberwock, the Jersey Devil. You know, the tale of the Jersey Devil was su- su- such a central part of me and my father's relationship. Really? Uh, yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know if a lot of people know this outside of my family and closest friends, but um, from a really early age, uh, my father and I sort of bonded over the Jersey Devil. Because one, one thing that a lot of people don't know about him, he was into, like, uh, you know, bad sci-fi movies and like because he was genuinely interested in them yes like i, I watched them for a different reason <laughs> yes no he, he was generally like i would come home like when i'd be in high school i'd come home and he'd be on the couch watching something on the sci-fi channel something from the skies so, I have, you know tomatoes killer tomatoes from oh Alpha. they get some and good he, cgi yeah, on those shows man yeah. and he loved that stuff um and so the Jersey Devil being a local legend, uh, you know, we we would go out to dinner as a family back when I was a kid, and he would take the long way home, like through the Pine Barrens, and tell us this story over and over again. Oh, no way! Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a cool dad! Yeah, so um, th- that was something, you know, that we shared. Um, so, you know, I, I try to uh, incorporate more of the supernatural stuff into... Um, the very real relationships that's what i was saying i don't know if i said it well before but that's what i was trying to say is the theme in all your books are these really real really real characters with real relationships and real problems yeah and there's always this aspect of like oh but holy crap that's happening too (laughs) they gotta deal with that yeah you know these emotional problems (laughs) i'm glad you said it like that. that's the perfect way because i i want to ground it in reality um something that people can relate to family troubles um uh substance abuse uh you know stuff like that but i don't want it to be so gritty that you lose the magic and the wonder and being that monsters and aliens and everything supernatural has been such a part of my life you know i've always been attracted to the darker side of stuff yeah i i i want to always incorporate that i want to make ordinary people go through extraordinary things (laughs) as as i guess a way to put it um so yeah that's what, how, of course, book number four, without giving too much away, is sort of along the same lines with the Christmas aspect as well. Um, book, yeah. So, yeah, the Christmas aspect <laughs> of it too is great. Yeah, it's aliens and Christmas. It's fantastic. Um, uh, going back to your brother, uh, your relationship with him was it a really tight one yeah it was because in the book, the relationship between those yeah. two is like there's a lot of distance, there's yeah. love. But man, it's it's hard to get out of that. Yeah, there was times, uh, and this is where I drew it from, drew from. Uh, there were times where me and my brother were as distant as you know, galaxies away from each really? other. Really? You yeah. mean because of him being in jail, or because of your own um, personal? No, both. You know, there were times where he was. You know, we were in the same house and could, across the hallway from each other, and didn't 
wouldn't speak to each other. But there were also times where we were as thick as thieves. Um, so it was a very complicated relationship. Um, what was he like? Uh, he, he was like he, me. You know, he sounded like me. He looked people, like you. People say he looked like me, but m- sort of more hardened. <laughs> you know, he, he he looked like he had been through some stuff. He had tattoos. Um, and he just had a different look in his eyes, I guess you would say, than I do. Other than that, I mean, we couldn't have been any more opposite with interests. He was a lot more like my father. He, he was into um, betting on sports. Uh, he was into sports. Uh, you know, he was into fishing. Um he was into gold watches, you know, all this stuff that I couldn't That's not care. You at no, all, <laughs> no, I couldn't care less about. Yeah. So, but I think. Well, ma- what did you guys bond over then? Uh, well, we bonded early on uh, over hip hop, hip hop music, mm. hip hop culture. Uh, he got into that really early on. I'm talking mid eighties. Um, so a funny story is, I, I don't know what year it was, probably 85, 86. He, he dragged my mother, I think, and my aunt to a break dancing competition at the Philadelphia Spectrum. <laughs> so he was into the culture of hip hop music way early on. This is like before Yo MTV raps even. Are you talking about like the mid eighties? Yeah, mid eighties. Yeah. Whoa. He he got into it somehow. How old are you? I'm thirty seven. So, oh, so he you're was like he, my age. Yeah, so he, he was five years older than me. Okay. So he that was makes sense. Yeah. So of course I started sneaking into his room, listening to his tapes, public enemy. I was gonna and, say <laughs> Dang, I wish I said it first. The first words that came to my mind were public enemy. Yeah, public enemy, NWA, run DMC, Easy E. Listen to Public Enemy. Yeah, man. they're they're awesome. They, they shaped yeah. my entire view of the world back Did early you? on. Yeah, <laughs> which is weird. But would you call nine one one though? If you had <laughs> not, to? not after Flavor Flames. Nine one one's a joke. <laughs> yeah. No, shout out to you, Ken Friel, Sean Grasso. We love you guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Flavor Flav needs to meet Kevin Friel, and he'll change that yeah. song. <laughs> Yeah, so I started listening to his stu- his tapes that he had, uh, and I started to get into it as well, more just mimicking him early on. But then I even got more immersed in it than he ever was. And it's funny, when you had the gentleman from Goodman, Goodman Fisk on, yeah. I don't know his name, um, but he said... <laughs> uh, Wait, pause. Gene, yeah. Gene Goodman, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Gene Goodman um, was on, and he said... Uh, he listens to rap music to sort of chill out and unwind, and he listens to other music that incorporates guitars, and he listens to it differently. I'm the I'm the total opposite. So I'll listen to um, Billy Joel and Motown to chill out, or alternative '90s alternative, or love songs or whatever <laughs> to chill out. But then when I'm listening to rap music, I'm I'm listening to and and it's funny just to rewind it a little bit. My love for the written word and for metaphors and similes and, and everything else kind of came from listening to rap music for that part of it, the lyricism. Because back in the day, quote unquote, rap music was centered around lyricism and storytelling way more than it is now. I don't know. Yeah, what, I don't know. I, what I, it I is definitely now. want to talk about that. Yeah. I want to get into rap with you a uh, big time because I, I'm very curious about it because you are very passionate about that. Uh, I want to talk about that. Uh, your love of Hamilton, a little bit of wrestling yep. or parks and rec. <laughs> and um, of course, your insane, insane costumes, my brother. <laughs> they are mind blowing. Yep. And me and Miss Lisa are fans. <laughs> um, look, before the commercial break, though, 
Uh, I do want to ask you though, uh, if, if you're okay to to finish, uh, if you want to say anything else uh, about your brother, um, he's been gone since 2016. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, well, there's another part in the Incredible Night of Noise and Wonder um, where there's a moment where Daniel, the main character, and Alan, his his older brother, are on the beach. I won't give anything else away. Oh, yeah, when they're all, yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, when he, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Zip it. Yeah. I just got the chills. Yeah. Your um, book's giving me the chills, bro. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Um, so. It's so much more real because of, you know, because it is based off, loosely based off reality. Yeah. Um, all that, right, go on. Sorry. That's okay. Uh, um, I was given an opportunity um a week before he passed uh the months leading up to his passing he 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 and I were in one of those spots where we weren't talking um but about a week before he passed um he was at a uh, long-term rehabilitation center not even for drugs this was for an injury that he sustained and um he was there he was there for a few weeks before I decided to go see him but i did decide to go see him i brought nina who was was 2016 so so young yeah she was young but she loved her uncle dave so she really wanted to see him so her and i went and um when we got there he was himself he was totally the dave that i loved that nina loved that everybody loved he was friends with everyone at the place had it been a long time since you'd seen that dave or it had been at this point a really long it's been almost a year uh, maybe even more of him not no one even know where he was at times well i remember points in your book where the guy where the hell have you been yeah kind of thing and yeah finally come back and yeah so it was one of those where but that afternoon he was himself and Nina and i were only there um half an hour but he was joking he was smiling he was making all the people that worked there laugh and it was just I was enjoying my older brother and that part in the story where they're, you know, uh, Daniel, I believe it is. God, I even forget. I don't know if it's Daniel or Alan says, I wish we could just say, you know, sit here forever kind of a thing. That's how I felt that afternoon. You know, I wish I could be here with, with him like that, not at that building or that place, but just him and I feel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then a week later, he passed away. So um, I was lucky that I got that. You know, we, we he didn't, you know, he, he didn't pass away with any with me holding any grudges with him, which would have been incredibly painful. Um, and we got to share that, you know. Um, and it wasn't there was nothing paranormal about that, but um, I don't know what it was. It was luck. You know, that that maybe it was Nina convincing me that we should go see who she wanted to see her Uncle Dave. She had no idea what was going on. She just missed her Uncle Dave, you know. Um, So, yeah, so that, you know, there's all kinds of stuff that translates into the book that you wouldn't think at first. But hearing that, you would be like, okay. Yeah. Um, What's your state of mind nowadays? Um about him i just when i first met you i feel like you were probably going through a lot you definitely were yeah um i was dealt a a rough hand um of course when you lose your father and then 
a few years later, your brother, two guys that were um, huge influences, probably the two two people in the world that I was closest to uh, at several points in my life. When you lose them like that, uh, you know it, it's a it's a rough hand. But like I always say, I'm I do not want to be the sad guy because I am happy. You I'm, are. I'm a lucky man. I'm. Um, I'm in love with my wife. I have two beautiful awesome family, brother. children. You know, so yes, you know the hand the hand I was dealt was rough, but I am grateful for every second of every day. There are people out there that have it incredibly worse than I do, <laughs> much, 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 much worse. Um, so yeah, that's what I told myself all throughout. You know, uh, dealing with both both losses you know i told myself there are people out there that are struggling and dealing with much worse and i have my best friend to take it all i mean there were times where jamie would literally hold me up like you know people say oh Oh. yeah or you know the the day my father's service jamie literally held me up you know if she if i didn't have her hand on my back i probably would have went down so you know i'm lucky at the end of the day, to have her. And then, of course, she's given me two of the most awesome. I mean, you know one of them. <laughs> she's, she's awesome. <laughs> and you'll know, awesome. The, you'll know the next one, too, when he comes. So, yeah. Oh, awesome. <laughs> Can't wait for another Razad here. And thank you, man. Thank you for sharing these books and uh, just being so open about that. That's uh, It's hard to hear. I can't even imagine how hard it is to say. But, you know reading your books and knowing your story people if you pick up one of these books after li- listening to this uh be prepared to maybe shed a tear you will definitely be feeling something um it's good stuff it, it's hard and um i appreciate everything brother um we're gonna take a quick commercial break and we are going to break in all the craziness that is Michael Rizat <laughs> when we come back dude yeah <laughs> okay people listeners hamiltonians i have to tell you guys something So the other day, I received a tip about this place that has sandwiches, but not just any sandwiches. I'm talking, the word that comes to my mind is fresh sandwiches. As soon as I took a bite into one of these chicken cutlet sandwiches, I knew I had to tell you guys about it. So I spoke to the owner, and she is here to tell you about it right now. Alicia, right? Yes. Alicia, can you tell them the name, where to find it, and... You are obviously uh, passionate about food, right? I am. Okay. So what's the name of the place and what can people get when they come? It's Campion's Kitchen. We're in Blueberry Crossing right on the White Horse Pike. Same complex as the Health Tree and Goodwill. Everything is fresh. Everything is homemade. Um, we do panini, soups, salads, wraps. I also have a hot bar. I opened... Oh. Uh, I, yeah, I opened... Um, the store because I've been catering for about five years. Food is is my passion. I love it. And I wanted to get my food out there for people to try. So I have, um, you know, healthy comfort, sometimes not so healthy food on my hot bar. Um, It's $10 for a meal. You get an entree, two sides. Uh, We normally have two or three options every day. Mm. So Campion's Kitchen, right by the health tree, right? Yes. Yeah. People, like, I don't know. I didn't know about it. I know. And now I know. Mm -hmm. And now I'm happy. Guys, come to Campion's Kitchen. Let the word out. I think people don't know about it, honestly, because if they did, they would be talking about it because it's so good. Guys, come to this kitchen. It's delicious. 
We're recording for real this time. All right, let's do it. <laughs> Michael Razad yes. and I just spoke gold for 20 minutes, and you'll never get to hear it. Dang. <laughs> it happens. Yeah, but okay, let's go back into yeah. your influences, um, because I saw Sheds of E.T. in um, your last yeah. uh, book. So Steven Spielberg is your yeah. guy. Yeah, I always say the two uh, biggest inspirations uh, to my storytelling are the two Stevens, King and Spielberg, especially early Spielberg when he was still very um, raw as a storyteller. Uh, where he, he combined, like I try to do, the, the realism with this you know otherworldly, um, I hate to say whimsical because it's kind of a wimpy word, but whimsical. No, but he is a master of that. Yeah, yeah, he, he is the master. So, and I mean, being a kid from our time or our generation, he, you know, with his early stuff and even the stuff that he had a hand in, the Goonies, uh, Gremlins, uh, some amazing, bringing amazing them up, stories. Like, oh, yeah, he is the master. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so... Yeah, um, but you are a believer in extraterrestrial life. Am I correct? Absolutely. Yeah. What makes you think that? Um, uh, just because uh, I forget who said it, but um, someone said to think that we're the only living creatures in this vast, endless universe would be self-centered. Um, I don't know who said. I think it might have been Stephen Hawking that said that. I'm not sure, uh, but yeah, it's just. I mean, the ever expanding uh, yeah, universe. Yeah, it's yeah. how could we be the only guys here? <laughs> that would that would be a real bummer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, so I was mentioning to you before. Uh, if anyone is interested in diving deeper into this, you got to look up Bob Lazar. Uh -huh. Man worked at uh, Area 51, and he's not one of those people that give uh, UFO sightings uh, a bad name. He's yeah. not one of those people who you just look at someone who's just looking for attention or it's just, I don't know, some kind of weirdo. Yeah. There's a guy who's a brilliant man who worked at Area 51. And when you hear his story, you'll think, oh, okay, maybe we have been visited. Yeah. Oh, my God. There seems to be a surge of that now with uh, declassified government uh, reports and all this coming out. There seems to be a new... Why do you think it's now? I don't know. I think podcasts might have something to do with yeah, it. Yeah, I, I th a couple of my buddies who listen to podcasts kind of religiously have been trying to, um, you know, oh, this guy's been on this talking about UFOs. And I, even the guy you mentioned, I think, might have been on a podcast recently. I don't know. Bob Lazar? Yeah. Yeah, I heard him on yeah. Joe Rogan. Yeah, Joe Rogan, exactly. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you know more than anyone with kids and all, it's hard to sit down and listen to podcasts well, unless dude. it's the Pillars of Habitat. <laughs> <laughs> Good plug there, sir. Well, bro, I mean, I got a lot of grass to cut out there. Have you ever seen me on that lawnmower? That's my time, baby. There you go. That's my catch up. Um, <clears throat> I think there's got to be extraterrestrial life out there. Um, it's a bummer that we haven't seen for sure, and I, I just hope in our lifetime, man. I think we will. My great uncle Tom, who's no longer with us, said that his biggest uh, uh, want in life was to meet a little gray man. He used to call him, <laughs> <laughs> and my uncle Tom, who never really said much, would always say that, and I'd be like, he'd say it to me probably because he realized that I was a little more into it than most people. Yeah, but yeah, it would be awesome. It would definitely uh, bring people together. I think that's another thing uh, about adding this type of uh, lore into a story, whether it's aliens or monsters or ghosts, I think it has a way of bringing human beings together, you know, showing us how what we have in common. Yes. Uh, there's so much out there that wants to 
show us our differences. Oh, nowadays, I believe more than ever in our lifetimes. Yeah. Us versus them everywhere yeah. you go. Yeah. So I think monsters maybe helps us reconnect, <laughs> reconnect really reconnect with humanity. Well, it's way. true. I mean, you think about 9-11. Yeah. I mean, I've never seen us so united yeah. as, you know, the day after 9-11 yeah. with the American flags out and <clears throat> just heroes coming left and right. It's kind of a shame that it takes a tragedy yeah. or something uh, Real really life terrifying. monsters to do that to us, yeah. Yeah. But when push comes to shove, people, there are heroes out there. Yeah. <clears throat> and personally, I think here in Hamilton, more than ever, if if, if there was a, something going on here in Hamilton, everyone's got each other's backs. Oh, yeah. Definitely, definitely. In fact, when I, uh, when I did a recording of the GOP the other day, obviously they are... Um, they're up against Hamilton first, but they did say, like, you know, if there was ever a problem here in Hamilton, doesn't matter if we were against each other, we're all in this together. And uh, I really love that about this town, man. Yeah, definitely. I really do. Um, so <laughs> talk about Stephen King, the greatest entertainer, one of the greatest. <clears throat> but you entertain in a vast number of mediums, <laughs> so much so that even though I... Uh, wrestled 1,000 matches, had the dream of being a pro wrestler since I was six years old, accomplished that dream, character, dove off the top rope, threw off the cage, never once did I dive onto the camera of a WWE. I, I just, I never made it to WWE, never got a chance to be on the show, but you did? What's up, bro? Yeah, yeah, I did. Um, I was actually on the commercials for tough enough because i submitted a tape <laughs> where do people find this glorious uh, tape? they can find it on youtube if they search hard enough <laughs> um i so i was bored one day i was home with nina she was a baby and i was uh sort of a uh, stay-at-home daddy at the time and they were doing these submissions for tough enough which was wwe's show that that was um you know they took hopefuls and to live in a house together and they vied to win a contract for the wwe so of course it started with people submitting their tapes so i was bored and i submitted a tape and i guess they liked me enough to put me on the commercial even though i didn't make it to the show but my commercial was every week on raw and the first time it aired I was in Disney World, and my phone started blowing up. <laughs> and I'm looking, and the fir- and the guy's like, hey, you just made the pre-show of, I think it was like Extreme Rules or some one of their pay-per-views. You just made no, the no, pre-show. No, 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 hold on, hold on. Michael Rizat <laughs> did not make the pre-show. Tell him who, who made the pre-show. Well, uh, every day Riz, I think I was calling the, myself. I think you were the Riz <laughs> like, yeah, something, or something, something like that. Something incredibly stupid. Something brilliant. <laughs> And I just, I don't know. Dude, what were you wearing in that? I was wearing a WrestleFest 91. Remember WrestleFest, the old WCW? No, this was an old WWF video game. Oh, God. Yeah. Is that the one where, like, they would, everyone, like, was big yes. and bouncing around the ba- ring? Yes. Yeah. Uh, that was a great arcade. I need that in the studio. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was WrestleFest champion, and I had a, um, a martial arts bandana on. I don't know what I was you, thinking. That bandana. But- <laughs> you rocked that bandana, dude. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, uh, somebody liked me enough to put me on the commercial, but I never. I got the letter from Triple H saying. Triple H wrote you a letter. Yes, saying, thank you for your submission, but we're not using you in the show at this time. <laughs> okay, Triple H. 
<laughs> That's cool, yeah, man. Are you yeah. still you still watch wrestling? Uh, sometimes, yeah. It's yeah. too much now. There's so many shows, you know. There's a lot. Too, yeah. Yeah. You talking about different wrestling shows? Different wrestling shows. So much WWE. I, I was always a WWE guy, and even they have nine hours of wrestling on a week now. So you, <laughs> it's really weird now. I can't watch anymore. Yeah. I try to because it makes me sad because I was such a big wrestling yeah. fan. I mean, it was. I'm talking. Oh, I'm talking like diehard wrestling fan. Yeah. So, and then all of a sudden, like after I stopped wrestling and started watching mixed martial arts, and then. I tried going back to it, and all I'm doing is critique, critiquing yeah. it. I'm not watching it like a fan anymore, you yeah. know? I do wish, like, for just, like, a match, I could just erase <laughs> everything I know and watch, like, I watched Bret yeah. Hart and Shawn Michaels for an hour, you know? Like, I'll never forget that, the Iron Man the match. The Iron Man match. <laughs> that was huge for me. Yeah. <sighs> wrestling. You probably watch wrestling the same way I listen to rap music. <laughs> it you, sounds like it, because yeah. you're super passionate about yeah. rap, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What do you think of the state of rap? Oh, it's not even the same genre anymore. I mean, I hate what do you to mean? sound uh, It's just different from when I was, I guess you could say. Um, hang on, hang on. Okay. Okay, so how is it different? Um, It's not as uh, creative anymore. It's not as organic. Is it just more commercialized? It's way more commercialized, way more uh, silky and and glossy. And no one, no one has, uh, no one takes their takes their lyrics seriously anymore. I hate to sound like the cranky old guy, but it's true. You know, but back when the golden age, I guess you could say, of hip hop music, when I was really trying to. uh, learn it and do it for myself like i said people were more into the lyrical aspect of it the storytelling aspect and that's really where i um started to hone my love of writing was through writing rap music <laughs> believe it or not i know you know most writers will probably tell you they they were, they were <laughs> you know but right stephen yeah. king <laughs> Busted rhymes yeah, for yeah. it. Yeah, so I was I was heavy into looking into the dictionary and Encyclopedia Britannica to come up with the best words to use, like these big words. Oh, that's words. rad. And for years and years and years, it was just big words rhyming, uh, when I and it was awful. But finally, I was able to sort of, after a long time, um, get to the point where I was able to tell the same stories I tell now, but through rap music. So, you know, that was kind of my... Uh, my training grounds, I guess you've... Did like, you ever get to perform live, or you recorded, or... I never... I performed at parties and stuff. You did? Yeah, and, and bat- battling was big back then. You battled? Uh, yeah. How bat- does that happen, man? I always think about, do you really think of all that stuff on the spot? That, back then, you did, yeah. How back, do you do that? Uh, I guess just the more you listen to rap, the more you, you wrote. Uh, by the time it, it was time to battle, you know, you had some stuff in your head already floating around. I'm not afraid to say that <laughs> I've pr- I've tried on my own <laughs> just to see if I could do it. Yeah, I can't do uh, it. Yeah, it, it's, it ta- <laughs> and let me tell you, I was not good. The people I was battling were uh, the people I was battling were not good. But you know, it was fun to do back back then. That sounds like a great time, <laughs> dude. Sometimes in New York City, you just like walk to Washington Square yeah, Park, and they're yeah, and boom, you the, get two people there, and you're like, whoa, those guys are good. It's like, are you really <laughs> coming up with this right now? Uh, yeah, but they're saying like. They're dissing the guy very specifically to the way they look. Yep, the way. Yep. I'm like, they are coming up with it on the spot. Yeah. 
That's insane. That's what we used to try to do, but we weren't very good at it. You want to get in a rap battle right now? <laughs> oh, hey. <laughs> I'm too sensitive, bro. <laughs> yeah, same <I'm>, here. <laughs> I think once you, once, you have, once, you have, once you have some kids and the battle rapping, uh, you know, takes a back seat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, we have a couple of softies here now, man. I think once you have a daughter, that's yeah. what really oh, does yeah, it. Oh, yeah. Because I was a real tough guy until about three months ago. Oh, I hear that. <laughs> I hear that. <laughs> yeah. No doubt. I'll never forget when you posted that that thing on Facebook about how fast it goes, yeah. how fast it all goes. I think about that from time to time. Yeah. Nina just turned seven this past Friday. No, she's still five to me, man. <laughs> she's still five. Yeah. Stop it. Yeah. That's crazy, dude. Um, so are, are you just, I mean, you obviously love to entertain, but like, I don't, I know you don't, you don't have like, do you have the confidence to get up in front of people? No. I, that's, I think, why I never uh, made it past a certain point in my ventures into rap music. Because I think in the back of my mind, I never wanted to take the stage. Wait, hang on. You yeah. Say that last piece again. I, I think that's why I never made it past a certain point um, in... You in, get in your own it, head. Yeah, I have stage fright. That's, I think, why, too, I like writing <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs> yeah I, I have stage fright uh, um pretty nervous before we did this right here i was man. absolutely you still nervous you good uh, no i'm good now yeah <laughs> i told you brother you'd be all right <laughs> but contrary to people's beliefs and even my my wife's uh I, i'm not i don't like being the center of attention you know uh, yeah you sure about that though <laughs> do you think maybe if it happened and then it was over you'd be like holy crap that was awesome probably probably because remember, uh, about, I don't know, maybe a year ago, I proposed to you a, a wrestling show. Yeah. And you were like, well, wait a minute, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would have been cool. Because I would have had you to guide me, man. I would have been know? with you every step of the yeah. way. <laughs> you said, wait, it, it's not, it's still a possibility. Uh, Talk hey. to Jim Sacco, uh, man. Heck yeah, I'm down. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> I'm going to hold you to it. It's on the microphones now. It's All official. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, it would, I would make sure... I would make sure your wrestling dreams came true. <laughs> but, but let's make it clear. This is a strictly a managerial or referee oh. capacity because you are not going to get me in between them ropes getting physical. <laughs> what, you won't take a bump? I might take one bump one if bump. you really teach me how to do it. <laughs> All right, Michael is All right. One bump, managerial position. I'll remember this. Uh. <laughs> um so the future, man, uh, what are your goals when it comes to writing? Are you going to be writing more books? Uh, if you are, are you going to try any type of different genre? Or? Um, yeah, if it happens organically, I guess. Uh, are you motivated right now? Or are you waiting for some kind of motivation? No, I, I have something um, cooking. Oh, you've got a little something brewing, <laughs> yeah. huh? There's, I, there's always uh, characters walking around my 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 head that that sort of you really know, yeah yeah where do they come from i don't know I don't yeah know. yeah uh maybe me maybe people i know you know um but as far as stories they come they come from the characters i guess you know I, when i first ever started writing it started with comic books um you wrote comic books i when i was a kid uh i drew comic books and then of course you have to make the characters the stories their their backstories and i not at the time but um now looking back <laughs> um i think i was drawn more to that aspect of coming up with the characters backstories uh, more so than the art 
of the comic book. Um, so that kind of stuck with me now all the way to my adult life where there's just, you know, yeah, sort of characters walking around up there that that might the might a story might develop from them at some point. But right now they're at the well, very beginning beginning stages of of a new story. Me and you, I think, are similar in in my perspective in, in this. I feel like, and I make stories up all the time for my students. Yeah. The reason being is that in my own personal life, excuse me, in my own personal life, um, my biggest influences influences were fictional characters yeah um even if it, they were pro wrestling brett hitman hart i mean yep. he wasn't really uh, fighting he wasn't really you know it wasn't a shoot but man did he get me motivated to get in shape and to work hard and never give up yeah um i truly think that fictional characters can be as influential if not more influ- influential than actual people yep so sorry, I try, I dropped your chat pack questions all oh, no. over the floor, dude. Oh, the chat pack, the chat pack, the dreaded chat pack of doom. <laughs> Have you mentally prepared for the chat uh, pack? Yes, I've been. You've heard oh so many <laughs> mentally training. So before we do get into the chat pack, I've got to ask you about your costumes, dude. Because did you see uh, Three from Hell just came out with Captain Spaulding? I did not see it. Rest in peace, <laughs> Captain Spaulding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, my friend. Yeah. You're- well, I I was lucky enough to um, meet a girl who is as passionate about Halloween and holidays in general christmas halloween as i am so we started really early i think our first halloween we were dating we were beetlejuice and lydia and from there it just every year we tried to top the last year and she's really good at like applying makeup and stuff so you see like yeah she is captain spaulding was all her your captain spaulding was captain (laughs) spaulding dude yeah are you a horror movie fan i absolutely love horror movies have you seen three from hell (laughs) i haven't yet but i just got released today Uh, his that the actually house of a thousand corpses is up there is one of my favorite top top five for me absolutely that and devil's rejects love it both so brilliant i was at the movie theater no i was at a drive-in theater and I was watching that movie Big Fish, which, as a storyteller myself, have you seen Big Fish? I, I haven't. It's one of my faves. Uh, one of my favorites. <laughs> yeah. It changed my life as far Absol- as my own storytelling. Yeah, it same made me as, for same with you. Yeah, well, I it just it it, it had an effect on me because I watched it with my father, mm. and you know, such a great father son story in that. Oh yes, yeah, and he oh, yes. it it was rare that I got him to sit down and watch a long movie like that, and we watched it together. Actually, when I still lived in California, wow, and he loved. Yeah, he didn't say much. He was a man of few words, but he I could tell he liked it, and wow. it also affected him. So yeah. yeah, Big Fish is great. Yeah, like I said, it definitely affected my storytelling. That's yeah. cool. You had that moment with him. Yeah. But what I was saying was I was at this drive-in theater. It had been the second time I'd seen this movie. And all of a sudden, I look back to this screen behind me. And it's that scene where they're sitting around the couches and the teenagers just go in for the first time. They're meeting baby for the first time. And everything's just so nutty, but they're trying to play it cool. And I just remember looking and thinking, what is that? (laughs) Like, I just, the whole time I was at Big Fish, I kept looking back thinking like, what the heck is going on in that screen back there? <laughs> you were watching the sweet, sentimental big fish, and then behind you was, <laughs> was madness. <laughs> yes, yes. And then there was a fish boy yeah. <laughs> behind me. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then I rent, I rented the movie when it finally came out, and I literally watched it three times. Yeah. The, I, I was like to my girlfriend, you got to see this. That part where um, uh, there's the standoff with uh, – 
uh, Otis and the police officer, yeah. and just the silence yeah. with him and the gun. <sighs> Heavy stuff, man. <laughs> and it's different too, man, because this was around the time where it was just like after Scream came out, then it was just like, I know what you did last summer, yeah. Valentine's Day, and all these cookie-cutter horror movies yeah. where it's just like, who who did it? Oh, it was the boyfriend. Okay. <laughs> like, And then this came along, and it was like, okay, yeah. we're back to like some dark, different stuff. <laughs> yeah, R- Rob Zombie definitely brought back the sort of the 80s horror feel, it's a I real think. dark, eerie yeah. feeling. Not yeah. just like this kill and that kill yeah. and make it look really gruesome yeah. and cool. Like. Yeah. No, it's this eerie feeling you feel throughout the whole thing. Yep. I love it. I love that stuff. I love horror movies in general, but there's definitely a lot of garbage out there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. For a couple of dudes who are so nice, like me and you. <laughs> we we got we got some dark <laughs> stuff, <Yeah>. man. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's not real. It's not real. So, okay. Before we get to the chat pack, one final thing. Uh, I got, and bless your heart, I have it with me right here, my copy of The Incredible Night of Noise and Wonder. Written by Michael James Rizad. Yep. Uh, but on this copy, it says, not for resale. <laughs> I got the first copy, did yes, I not? Yes, you did. Yes, you did. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let the people know what you wrote on the inside. To Miss Lisa and Mr. Sam, a couple of Hamiltonians in my book. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Rizad. Uh, and I say that because... Um, I'm a huge fan of the Pillars of Hamilton. I've listened to every single episode. Have you really? I have, I have, and I enjoy them all. You're a master at this. Oh, you, I don't you, know about that. you are. Really. You make these things awesome. I love hearing my neighbors' stories, people that I see every day that I might not know their story. It's awesome to hear their story, um, and it's always entertaining. But on top of that, the reason I put that in there is because Jamie and I were one of the first couples back there when you addressed the parents your first year michael i remember looking at you <laughs> as i was looking at everyone by specifically looking at you yeah i don't know why maybe like you were someone who didn't <laughs> hate me i don't no, know <laughs> i knew we knew jamie and i both knew as soon as you spoke as soon as miss lisa spoke we knew we got we caught your energy your vibe i don't know if that sounds corny but it's the truth oh no we, it sounds we, like a relief yeah we felt it we knew nina would be in good hands and we made up our mind in the car that night that we're keeping her here this is going to be awesome. Whoa, yeah. that means a lot. Absolutely. Do you know how terrified we were at we, that moment? I've heard, I've heard it through some of the other shows. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and it's, I mean, Hamilton could be an intimidating place. So. <laughs> Especially when you're taken over for from a legend like Miss Dina. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And people, you know, when kids are involved, people get... Of course. Yeah, yeah no, every, and I have nothing holding against anybody. Rightfully so. They should be weary about someone who's coming in watching their kids, yeah. 100%. And I have to say, as the Pillars of Hamden is such a great title, uh, but I am not a pillar of Hamden whatsoever. Uh, Why do you say that? Uh, I'm, just, I'm just a guy that likes to tell simple stories, and people have caught on to them and enjoy them. What least, makes What is a pillar, then? I, I think, I, and I... I Wanted to say this, and I guess it was my chance. Uh, my fa- when As soon as I heard Pillars of Hamilton, I thought of my father. And not to – I know we're kind of getting close to the end here. I don't want to bring it down again. But I'm not because he was such a full of life and such an important part to this town. As soon as I heard Pillars of Hamilton, I thought of him. And if he were still here as a guest, he would have been – I mean, it would have been amazing. Uh, but, 
yeah, when you say pillars of Hamilton, uh, Dave Rizant, my father, was absolutely a pillar of Hamilton. But I think people have uh, a different idea. A lot of people have this different idea of what they think a pillar of Hamilton is from what I do. This is my show, and I get to decide there the you pillars. Go. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm yes. a pillar? You're a pillar. Right. I'll tell you why. <laughs> do you run the town politics? No. Um, are, are you head of the school board? No. But have you taken years of your life, put something together to entertain and to make people feel something? You call me a master. <laughs> but if your goal is to entertain and make people feel something, then you are a master because I have felt it not just once, but every single time I've read one of your books. So do you run the show here in town? No. But you do really important things. This show is about the people who are exactly like you, the people who are behind the scenes. You're just in the background writing stories. And and so if you don't think so, I don't care. <laughs> well, thank you, sir. I appreciate yeah. that. No, you're not the first person to come on my show and just say, well, I'm not a pillar. Uh, if you're on my show, in my eyes, you are 100% a pillar. I'm going to get t-shirts made tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a pillar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's actually why I had uh, when I was choosing my first guests there was a few people who instantly said no I'm not a pillar so yeah. I made sure to get yeah. someone on here like Maria Ramundo who yeah. I love that interview and she's someone who inspires me and she's someone who's at 45 got knee surgery and 50 yeah. is now running marathons every every year so like if that's not a pillar forget you guys man <laughs> these are pillars and they are on my show so thank you for being here man absolutely all right it's time. All right. <laughs> Chat pack, baby. Choose wisely. If you could walk into any painting and actually experience and actually experience the moment or scene that it depicts, which painting would you choose to enter? Uh, I don't know if you're an art guy, if you're an appreciator. Uh, yeah. Of, yeah. Uh, there's so many rushing to my brain right now. What I, are the ones coming to your brain? I would say this might be a cop out, but maybe Mona Lisa to see what she was <gasps> green, grinning about. <laughs> oh. You know, they always talk about what was she, what was her face, what was That's that expression. That's the big mystery. Yeah. To see what was going on there. Yeah. Um, would you let me know? Yeah, absolutely. All right. Good answer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mona Lisa. You wouldn't want to like just hang out in a dolly being like, what is going on? That here. were MC Escher. M MC Escher, try, uh, am I going upstairs, try, try downstairs? I don't know. <laughs> Trying to walk cool. those steps. Yeah, or, or the one I don't know the artist. I don't even know the name of the of the particular piece of art, but they're at that corner diner, um, and it's like Marilyn Monroe, maybe, and some others sitting. Mm. And it's so you just want to hang out with the people. I just want to hang. Yeah, that looks That's like a such good a point. that looks like such a chill. Uh, I know the art piece you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. So that, that's a good answer too. Yeah. yeah, but are you sticking with Mona Lisa? I'm sticking though? with the Mona Lisa okay. on that because I want to see what was going on that All right. afternoon. <laughs> All right, here we go, brother. Question number two. All right. If you won a contest in which your prize was to select any three guests to appear on a popular late night talk show, which three people would you choose? Uh, living or, or? I think it's up to you, man. Um, it's your question. Let's see. I would pick. Totally up to you. Steven Spielberg. Um, ooh, uh, hmm. I would say Spielberg. Well, let's bring it all together. Spielberg, King, <laughs> Stephen King, on at the same time. Stephen King, Steven Spielberg, and myself. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yes. <laughs> the perfect team right there. Yes, dude. All right. Final question. This one will go to the next guest. If you were given a $100 gift certificate to spend at any store, where would you choose to redeem it? Uh, I'm going to say Target. <laughs> <laughs> diapers. Yeah, man. Uh, diapers and, and whatever else I walk by. and uh, That's kind of cool. Uh, <laughs> just a couple of dads sitting <laughs> here making a podcast. I'm going to tell you. <laughs> Good answer. Yeah. Good answer. Um, so, hey, before you go, real quick. Um, so, I got a copy of this. Uh, I'm sure the people listening are now interested. Uh, when's it going to come out? Well, uh, it was planned to come out November 1st, but it's out right now. I want to uh, say it here on the Pillars of Hamilton. If Whoa. you're listening, you could go to Amazon right now. You dropping a bomb here on the Pillars? <laughs> I'm dropping a bomb. Ladies and gentlemen, so what do they do? Just type in the incredible yep. night of yep. noise and Either wonder. Either that or Michael James Rosat or Michael Rosat. Uh, Get and the a, whole library. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I'll put a link on the uh, show description. That would be awesome. Hey, man, we've been planning on doing this for a long time. Yeah, it was real. <laughs> yeah, it was really cool, man. And uh, if you write another book, come back on my show for sure. Absolutely. Let me be the first to read it because I felt very special. Uh, do you have any shout-outs you want to give before you head out of here? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I want to shout-out my awesome uh, wife, Jamie, uh, who's my best friend and pretty much if – she wasn't around i probably wouldn't be sitting here chatting with you how so uh, uh, she just inspires me uh you know to write my stories tell my stories wait and- a minute <laughs> hold on i got a serious question yeah. for you has she even read one yet because nah. <laughs> <laughs> last time we talked she has not read one <laughs> but she says it's because She's too close to a lot of it. So she wants to give it time to breathe, and she says she'll read them one day down the line. I understand. Do you know a lot of people who are very close to me won't listen to my show? Really? Yeah, I think they'll listen to one episode or two. I think a lot of them almost feel like they're listening in on me. Like they get a different feeling. It's not an entertainment thing to me, to them. Like my sister. I keep begging her to listen to it. I I don't think she feels comfortable (laughs) listening to me. I guess there's something to that, though. So, Jamie, I'll let you slide on that one. Uh, and my my children, uh, Nina and Lucas, they're, I mean, the best, the happiest, the funniest, just awesome kids I could ask for. Seriously. I'm a big fan of Nina. I look forward to the little guy. <laughs> yep. He'll be here. Right. And everybody, everybody who has supported me uh, on this journey as a writer, uh, everybody that's come up to me and told me how much they've enjoyed the stories. Uh, I can't thank you enough, and I hope I could always tell these stories. And I hope so too, man. Keep them coming. Uh, yeah, keep yeah. them coming. As long as there's inspiration out there, which you can find inspiration everywhere. pretty everywhere. So, all right, brother. All right, rock on. Rock and roll.